Hey team of Eternal Optimists, it's Matt Drinkon here. And before we launch into today's epic conversation, I've got a big announcement. Drum roll, please. My brand new book is coming out on March 8th. And perhaps even better news, you can get it for only 99 cents on Amazon that day. We don't run ads on the show. And if you ever want to give back and support the Eternal Optimist community, go to Amazon on March 8th and get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Eternal Optimist Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Drinkon, and today we have a very special guest on the show. This is none other than the plus one, the spouse to the famous Johanna White that we've had on the show. I bet this, this is interesting because Zach White is in his own way, he is a celebrity out there in the world that serves oh, wow. engineers, that has a very, very popular show. He himself is a celebrity, so I wanted to just try to throw him for one by introducing him as the plus one to Johanna White. But I'd like to introduce our amazing guest today, Mr. Zach White. Zach, how are you today, my friend? Matt, I feel incredible, and you have probably elevated my status in the world by introducing me as a plus one to Johanna White. She is a world changer and an amazing woman. I am very, very blessed to be married to her. So happy to be here today as a plus one. And if I can bring <laughs> anything else to the conversation, then I think we'll be in good shape. Fantastic. So many places we could go today. I like to ask about things that are challenging because this is a show we want to offer hope. You can do it to attitude of how we survived and somehow found a way to thrive during our hardest times. So I'd love to go back in time with you and travel back to your side of the journey when you and Johanna first got together. So I'd love to ask you how you met and then just to hear your narrative on life moving forward. So feel free to take it well, away, Zach. I definitely encourage everyone to go listen to Johanna's episode after this, or if you feel inspired to pause and go listen to it now, it might create better context. But when Johanna and I met, Matt, we were actually on two completely different paths of life. When we first met, I was actually married to someone else. And I think we'll need to explain okay. a little bit of that here in just a second. So we met at the same ballroom dancing studio. Johanna and I both share a love and a passion for dance. I did competitive ballroom and Latin dancing in college at Purdue University while I was studying mechanical engineering, known as the dancing nerd in many circles. And we met dancing and we reconnected on the dance floor at the time then journey together through her story, which involves extreme difficulty with a brain tumor that may come up. We could talk more about it. And I was in my own journey of extreme challenge. The one thing, Matt, that I said I would never do and would never happen to me happened to me. And I did. And that was getting divorced. While I know we want to pick up at the Johanna Zach narrative, and it's pretty amazing, I think it would be useful to back all the way up to when I was 13. 
middle school, puberty, all the things, uh, traumatic time of any young boy's life. And it's the day after Christmas. I had my tonsils and adenoids taken out. If anybody's had that procedure, it's not super <laughs> big deal, but you end up with the frozen peas on your face, the bag of frozen uh-huh. peas. I'm laying on the couch. I'm waking up from a nap. I've got a lukewarm bag of peas on my face. And I look around in our house and Matt, I promise you, there must have been 20 or 30 people from our church in my house. I'm just like, what is going on? And I look around, everybody's really sad. My mom's over on the other couch crying and my sisters are in the other room and everything's kind of a mess. Like what's going on? While I had been asleep, my dad had left a note for my mom and just driven off, left, gone. And he was saying, enough's enough. I want a divorce. And I still don't have any connection or relationship with my dad since that time. We had some court mandated visits. We saw each other a bit, but I've not seen or spoken with him in 15 years. And that whole situation of my parents divorcing shaped my entire childhood and life. I hated divorce. I hated it. I went into a really deep depression, age 13. It was a really tough time. Fast forward, I got married to my college dance partner and sweetheart, working hard, living life. And about five years into that marriage, I came home from a work trip to what I thought was going to be dinner with my spouse, Matt. And you can kind of imagine where the story's going. I walk into an empty house and there's a note on the kitchen table. My spouse was at that point, enough's enough. And she wanted a divorce. That like book ending of the experience that I had at 13, my dad leaving a note for my mom and it wrecked my childhood. And then coming into adulthood and literally having told everybody, like my parents divorced, I'll never get divorced. That was a rock that I stood on. That entire foundation just crumbled in terms of my identity and what I thought was true in my adult life. And I ended up divorced and it wrecked me. It totally wrecked me. And Matt, Now here, connect the dots. Here's Johanna going through her brain tumor and incredible difficulty in her journey. And I step into the scene having just gotten divorced and going through that and our paths cross. And in many ways, we were both at our lowest point. And I believe in a way, we just spent time together to encourage each other at the beginning. I, I don't want to face my junk, but I can encourage you. Like I can pray for you with your brain tumor. I can support you. How can I help you? And she was sending me encouragement and just saying, hey, you know, I'm so sorry about the divorce. She knew my ex-wife and had met her before. She was encouraging me. And we just started spending time together. And her dad actually mentored me a little bit and just some really wild moments. And that's where the journey began. So it's a completely unsuspecting start. And I wish I could say I came in as like the knight in shining armor and the big strong man who came alongside and helped her through this medical trauma and difficulty of the brain tumor. But in a way, I was completely wrecked on my own, just like working through my own baggage and leaning on her at times. And she was leaning on me at times. And it was just this perfect balance of neither one of us knew how we were going to move forward in life. And that's at the stage for our relationship. Thank you for taking the time to go back to 13 and share where we were and then how we met. It it just goes to show you, dear listener out there right now, that I'm talking to Zach White right now, the man who is leading a revolution, a man now that is known for positive, who's known to coach high-performing teams and people 
and he's just like the arrest of every other high performer ever had on the show. He's a duck under the water going a million miles an hour and he came from challenge. It was never given, it was never a silver spoon. This is hard stuff. And I wanna lighten the mood for a second. I love that you called yourself the dancing nerd. I love that you went to <laughs> Purdue, because I'm a Purdue fan. I was in high school with oh, Gene Cady and Glenn Robinson, the big crime dog, were over there crushing it back in the Purdue glory days. They have a chance now with so Zach Eddy. I mean, they have, they have potential to win the title this year. They're looking good. So. If they're gonna do it, now's a good time. <laughs> That's for sure. Yes. yes. I'm holding my breath. So thank you for setting the stage for us. And now you've got your own stuff. Johanna has her stuff and you come together and you're there to support each other, but you're not dealing with your stuff necessarily yet. You're simply supporting each other and take us forward yeah. into when this may have become an actual relationship. When did you realize yeah, this yeah. is the woman you loved? Matt, it's hard to pinpoint that you know, moment when it shifts from, wow, I just really love hanging out with this this beautiful girl and she's so encouraging and it's so fun and almost a brother-sister type of vibe at times. I could imagine this being a bit more. She's actually really, really hot. I like this girl. Those moments start to creep in. But in a way, what's interesting at the start of that is those feelings start to emerge, you almost suppress them at first. I did because uh, the context didn't feel right. Like she's going through a brain tumor. She's about to have surgery. This is really serious. And I don't know if Johanna shared exactly these moments, but I'd have these kind of points of decision where it's like, you know what? I do feel confident that I want to date you as your boyfriend, not just a friend that you hang out with. That's something I want for our relationship. I got to a point where that felt clear, but Matt, here's where I, I kind of blew it. Johanna laughs about this. I knew that was true before I was ready to actually do it because I still had this sense of I'm working through grief and trauma and, and like my own baggage of the divorce. And I want you, Johanna, to get a really great version of me who's ready for the relationship. And so I know I want it, but I don't feel ready. And instead of just keeping that thought to myself until I was ready, I told her that. I just, we were at Steak and Shake. Engineer. Such an engineer. It's like getting all analytical about it. It's like, I think she would benefit from knowing this. So we're sitting at Steak and Shake and I'm, it's like the worst place ever. We're just here as friends, but I think one of these days soon we should start dating. That would be really great. And she's like, what? Are you kidding me? And other moments where I did things like that, one was like right after she just had an MRI and gotten bad news about the brain tumor. And that was another point where I just had this epiphany where I was like, I really think we should be together. She kind of makes fun of me like, Zach, your timing is the worst. But at the same time, I'll just say for my own defense, I just was trusting that kind of intuition around it and being courageous. Like, I think I need to say this. I just say it. And I'm not convinced that's always the best strategy. But sometimes in life, when you just know, you need to act quickly. Because if you don't act in the moment that you know, it'll pass or fear will kick back in or your old paradigm will kick back in. And so I'm actually, in spite of my terrible timing in Johanna's eyes, I'm proud of myself for not letting the moment pass. Because mm. if I hadn't said it then, we might not be married today. Because let's be honest, Johanna's an extremely attractive woman and there's a lot of guys who would have been happy to take my place in that relationship. So it just kind of evolved. And there were these points where I just said, look, hey, I want to take this to the next level. And eventually 
we made that decision. Like, all right, let's make it official. Now, here's what's weird, Matt. When you go from dealing with each other's deepest, lowest points as just deep, close friends, you've already seen all the ugliest sides. And also, there hasn't really been a chemical or romantic side at all. So it was tricky to kind of make that switch because we were so used to hanging out with dealing with each other's baggage and so to kind of turn it into you know an intimate relationship was a strange journey. And I've never, you know, I haven't done it a lot of other ways, so I couldn't tell you if it's better or worse. I'll just tell you, it creates some really amazing benefits in the fact that none of the challenges scare you anymore because it's like, okay, we had a little tiff. We had a little fight. We had a whoop de doo It's not a brain tumor. It's not divorce. Like, <laughs> no, no big deal. So that's really cool. But on the flip side, it creates some challenges with like, how do we kind of leave all that behind and just enjoy each other's presence and date and have fun and yeah. you would normally do and experience. So it was a wild ride, but man, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so happy with being together and our marriage is awesome. And here we are. Well, that is a, a very pointed, challenging question. I've, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are curious. How do you, when you've been through stuff together, how do you continue the relationship or work through a relationship when there's just so much challenge or baggage, as you call it, just there's so much stuff there? How do we live with that and love through that? How do you think about that, mm -hmm. Zach? First, I got to do the work on me. If I'm not actively, consistently developing myself, challenging myself, dealing with those parts of my life that are wounded and that are incomplete in terms of my understanding, whatever it is, I got to do the work on me. And Johanna's got to do the work on her, take full responsibility for our paths and our healing, for her physical healing, as well as emotional for me the emotional and growth through the divorce. Like we got to deal with that and not rely on the other person to always be the one who's carrying me through. And that's been huge for us. It's amazing to have a supporting, loving partner when you are in a low place can help you and come alongside and you can lean on them. That's so good. But if you become dependent on that, it can start to expect that in every low moment. That can be a little seed for some bitterness or resentment to come in and it can really soil or you know, take away from the intimacy because you're not really showing up to that relationship in a giving way, you're, you're always taking. And so I think that's the first thing, I gotta do the work on me. And then the second piece is a shared vision. The moments of our marriage that have been the best, or even when we were dating and really experiencing the joy of falling in love. Part of what made that special and continues to this day is when we really feel connected to a shared vision of the future. We're going somewhere together. And it's not that it's identical. We don't want the exact same things, but we want enough of the same direction and we can see that picture of how we can have the shared bits and I can have my bits and she can have her bits and that whole picture is clear. When that's true, it's so fun. When we've allowed that to disintegrate or we lose sight or lose focus on it, and there's been times where I kind of start drifting into my vision and she's kind of drifting into her vision and we, we lose sight of the shared elements and then suddenly, why is there conflict? Why is it not working? It's like, we haven't really been taking time to align that together. That's yeah. been huge. I think doing the work on myself and then having a shared vision has allowed us to heal and then grow together and make progress in life in a way 
that's been intimate in the moment and fulfilling over time. Such wisdom spoken from real experience. And anyone listening, I would invite you to pause. And if you're seated somewhere where you can make a note, these two nuggets, don't let them just go in one ear and out the other. This is amazing wisdom that can really serve our marriages, our relationships. First, we've got to own doing the work on ourselves. And then simultaneously a shared vision that can get us to both want to do the work on ourselves when we share that vision. I appreciate those things so deeply. That is such great wisdom. Thanks, Zach, for that. Wow. Amazing. Let's keep moving forward. I'm so inspired by the nuggets of wisdom you have dropped so far, and you're so cool and calm about it. It's just easy to be with you. I'd love to go into, talk about some of your business things. Because I know you lead people in a very high level, and I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of the, the journey of your business career. If you could walk us through some key mm-hmm. points there, we'd love to love to learn with you and hear you. Well, we already mentioned Purdue, and I am an engineer, mechanical engineer by training. I also got a master's in mechanical engineering from the University of Michigan, so I'm a yes! Big Ten fan yes! for sure, through right. and through. So go blue, <laughs> boiler up. The career side of my life began working in big companies. I worked at Whirlpool Corporation, and that's where I was when I met Johanna and had great success in my career there. But just to maybe connect the stories after that divorce and the difficulty that I went through there, if I was taking that same story from the professional lens, I would describe it as a deep burnout. I really got into a place where career didn't matter anymore to me. It's like, forget this. I need to fix my life. I just went through this incredibly difficult personal thing. Who cares about all the work success? And that was the right decision. Matt, the truth is there's something inside of me, and I believe it's by design, it's God's design that wants to grow and be successful, that wants to make an impact in the world, that wants to expand and have influence. And that didn't go away just because I went through divorce and the depression and those things. It was still in there. And so I hired a coach. I was working with a therapist on the divorce stuff and the grief and the working on me. But I also hired a coach and I told this coach said, I still really want to be somebody. I really want to be successful. I really want to get to the next level. But I've got to work on new strategies because whatever I was doing before my divorce clearly was not working with being so focused on my career, working too many hours. My mind was always at work. Even when I was at home, I made all kinds of mistakes. And, you know, hindsight's 2020. I said, I need to fix this. So I hired a coach. And I had this explosive success after the fact. Now, all these things combining, right? I've got doing the work on myself, healing from grief. I've got this amazing new relationship with a woman who's just the most incredible person you'll ever meet. And I'm working with a coach. It's like this upward spiral. I ended up with five promotions in five years, doubled my income. Everything was going my way in my career. And I realized, wait a second, I love engineering. I love coaching. I'd really like to start my own business. And in April of 2019, I had this epiphany weekend where those three things, I call it a download, Matt. I was just sitting in solitude and silence. I did a three-day fast and I was sitting there just listening and thinking and imagining my future. And it just like collided. Why don't I start a coaching business for engineers who are going through exactly the garbage that I went through that led to the deepest, darkest experiences of my adult life and go help them have something better, help them 
dodge those bullets and create the success they want, not just in their career, but in their life. And I fell in love with that vision. It was like the catalyst of my purpose came together that weekend. And I went home, I told Johanna, said, hey, so I've got this idea. I'm going to walk away from this big multi-six figure salary and 10 years of one thing that I'm really, really good at. And I think I'd like to go do something I've never done before and it could completely bomb. What do you say? How do you feel about that? Yes. And Matt, this is one of those moments where you're married to the most amazing woman in the world. Without hesitation said, when are you going to quit? Like there was not a good idea. There was not a like, hold on. Can we afford this? What's this mean? It was just like, when does the bus leave the station? Like, how do I get on that bus? Where are we going? Johanna was supportive from the very first moment I even mentioned the idea. And it was just weeks later, I turned in my two weeks notice and I launched what is now the Oasis of Courage. And truly my life purpose and calling to do this work and now coach full-time for engineering leaders who are some of the smartest, most incredible people you'll ever meet. But the fact is intelligence and that know-how at work is not the only thing you need to create a life that you love. And we're helping them to experience what we call lifestyle engineering. We've got our mechanical engineering degree and our electrical engineering degrees and all those from the university, but you don't get your lifestyle engineering degree at Purdue. You get that from the school of hard knocks and I went through it. And so now we're helping these leaders not make those same mistakes. And that's where I'm at today. Wow. Oasis of Courage. Man, that's amazing. What a great story. And what a supportive spouse. That's what she said. I know. She's amazing. Fantastic. So what might, there's someone out there listening to the show. And I know that there are a bunch of people like us who are over communicators, analytical people and engineering type mindsets who are listening to this right now and thinking, wow, that's someone that might coach someone like me. And engineers tend to overthink things. So what might be a simple soon step that they might take to connect with you or to take that first action towards receiving support from you? Well, being an engineer myself, I always like to do my research. And if that's you, then I'd encourage you to to take some time and, and go figure that out. Probably the best way is to just hang out with me on my podcast. I'm the host of The Happy Engineer podcast. And wherever you're listening to this incredible show, just pause, hit the search bar there and and hit the happy engineer, give us a follow. And 130, 140 episodes as the time of this recording, you can really get to know me and, and my principles, my philosophy, how we coach and the kinds of amazing people that hang out in the Oasis of Courage. But if you if you're having that moment of like, you know, you need this, And we talked earlier about how my timing with Johanna wasn't always perfect, but at least I took action as soon as I knew. If you're listening to this and you're in that place where you know you need coaching and support in your career and in your life, then let's just do it. Let's make it happen. And you can grab your phone and text the word lifestyle to the number 55444. It's just that short code, one word, lifestyle to 55444. And we'll send you a link. You can grab a time. We're going to figure out what's going on for you. And then we're going to give you a free coaching session and really build a roadmap for exactly what you need. And then if it's a fit to work with us to actually execute that plan, awesome. And if not, no hard feelings. We're going to part as friends. I'd be really honored to support you. So that's totally free for being a listener here on The Eternal Optimist. 
Holy cannoli. I literally just texted it and I've already gotten to, in about eight seconds, I've already gotten to the booking page. This is incredibly automated and awesome. Fantastic. I, I just love how this works. This is great. Thank you awesome. for sharing that. Wow. Look yeah, at this. Still I an engineer the, at heart, Matt. Still an engineer at heart. <laughs> I, lo I love the workflow here. This is really simple. 55444 text lifestyle. And it makes it really simple. And it's not that invasive. It doesn't make me feel pressure and it's just simple to get it booked this is really cool man this is really good what might a coaching session look or feel like to someone who feels like right now that i've got things pretty figured out i just want to test the water and see if this is for me or not but i'm actually pretty good i just want more information which is like a lot of engineers probably think that so oh you know. man <laughs> how might it look I'm or feel <laughs> Matt, may I have your permission to just be really candid, really blunt on that question right Go now? Go for it, man. I am speaking from experience here. As an engineer, I idolized my intelligence. Some days, Johan would probably tell you I still do. The IQ, it's important. It's powerful. It makes us great engineers. You might work in supply chain or logistics or finance, any of these deep analytical, logical kinds of occupations. And... This information gathering mode and like, oh, I'm pretty good. I know a lot. I just want to learn some more. The skepticism that comes with all of that. That exact mindset is the barrier to you reaching a level of life that is so far beyond what you're experiencing now that you literally can't imagine it. You don't know what's on the other side of that door. And so what would a coaching session look like if somebody's truly trapped in skepticism and they're not willing to open their mind, then I'll tell you what it's going to look like. It's going to be kind of boring because they're going to have their guard up. They're going to just be looking for information. And I'm probably going to tell them honestly, then just go to the website and read stuff because we don't have time for this. We're here to change lives. If you don't want a transformation, then let's not waste each other's time. And I don't mean to insult anybody when I say that, but if you don't come to coaching with a coachable spirit and an open mind, then you're not going to receive what's possible. So most of the sessions that I have, the goal is to help people realize knowledge is not what you need. You're smart enough. Good grief. You got a PhD in biomedical engineering. Like you got the knowledge. And if all you think you need is knowledge, then go to Barnes and Noble and read more books. But there's something inside you that brought you to this call today. And what I want to do in this first session is get that little still voice that gave you that sense, maybe I should talk to a coach. If we could peel back all of that IQ, get out of the ivory tower of the mind, go put your toes in the grass in the real world for a little bit and just say, I wonder what that was. I wonder what's on the other side of that door. If you'll do that, man, I'll tell you, I've seen clients in 90 days go from lost, stuck, confused, frustrated, bored, angry, burned out, you name it, to on fire, happier than they've ever been, you know, promotions, bonuses, new jobs. It's like unreal in just 90 days what can happen. But it only happens if you're willing to stop fact finding and just start coming in with that, like Bruce Lee would say, you're an empty vessel. How can I add anything into your life if you come as a full, with a full cup? So dump that thing out and let's get going. So uh, that's the truth. I don't want to scare anybody off with that. But in a way, maybe t you need jostled a little bit. If you're just fact finding and you're skeptical, 
that's going to keep you stuck. That is true. Thank you for being that transparent. And if you are someone listening, and I can attest because I am here with Zach's energy, I can see him, I can feel him right now. If you're hearing this and you're on the bench and you're thinking about, I want transformation, I want to take it to the next level, I just don't know how, and you've been fact-finding and gathering information and reading and observing, and and you say you're going to study when I get to it, if you've been doing those things, if there's an inkling of something inside of you that says, let's try, then now is that opportunity. So, Zach, we know we can text 55444 and text lifestyle to schedule some time if we're truly curious and coachable and want to see that. Uh, Any other places we can go online, social media to find you and find what you're about? Absolutely. So Oasis of Courage is the umbrella where I live. It's oasisofcourage.com is my website. You can find the podcast there, all the information about our coaching and learn about me there on the website, oasisofcourage.com. And that's my handle on all the socials. So for YouTube, it's at Oasis of Courage. For Instagram and Facebook, you can find me there. I do spend most of my social media time on LinkedIn, and that's just under my name, Zach White. So being in the professional side and working with engineers, that's where most of my personal time is spent is on LinkedIn. Search Zach White. You'll find me there on LinkedIn as well. Thank you, Zach. This has been something, a conversation that can plant a seed of transformation into any listener. So thank you for gifting us with your time. And we have made it to the engineer-friendly lightning round zone. So here we go. We are going to throw some questions at you looking for your heart response, whatever your gut tells you. I'd like to ask you if there are one to three books that have had an impact on you, what one to three books might you recommend out there, Zach? The Bible's had the biggest impact. Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within had a huge impact at that time in my life when I first read it. And Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, while it's a staple and a classic as an engineer, I needed it more than most. And I read it every single year. Those are the top three that come to mind. So glad you said that. And I want to pause on this one and maybe go off script a little bit, because those are three books on my shelf that are very important. I'm curious, is there a particular place in the Bible that is inspirational place, the learning place, just what might be a passage that comes up for you when I ask the question about the Bible? If it's me personally at this season of my life, I'll share with you, for those familiar with how the Bible's broken down, many books inside, there's the book of Romans. And in the 12th chapter of Romans, the first few verses, there's a section there that has been radically shaping my life as a coach now. Pardon if my paraphrase is not perfect, but it basically says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when I think about what I do in coaching, it's about transformation. And how does that happen? It's by taking the things that you believe now that are not true, letting those things go and shifting your paradigm into a renewed mind. It's literally a new version of you. We're reconditioning your mind. We could geek out on the science, but that verse, that passage of Romans has been huge for me to say that God knew how coaching works before I ever knew. And I'm just learning how to use these same ideas. So that's been huge. If you're new to the Bible, I love the book of Proverbs because it's full of wisdom. Every verse is like a a little 
wisdom bomb that can change your life. So if you want to check it out, that's probably a good place to start is just jump into Proverbs and start reading. Fantastic. And Dale Carnegie, Win Friends and Influence People. Such a personal story for me. It's the first book my dad ever gave me when he was selling Amway oh, when uh-huh. I was in high school. I have the original copy on the shelf. It's in my little notes that I showed oh. you earlier. Serious uh, first edition? Yeah. Oh, not the first edition. But the one your dad uh, gave you. But it was the first book he ever gave okay. me. And so I have that. I got it highlighted all over the place. And it's an amazing yes. place. Is there yes. anything that really kind of comes out for you just off the top of your head from how to win friends, influence people you might share? The chapter where he describes how to be a great conversationalist. And basically what he says is, if you'll just show up and start being genuinely curious and asking questions to people, and you literally never say anything about yourself at all, people walk away from that experience and they'll say, gosh, Matt is such an amazing person to talk to. He is so interesting. He's such a kind, wonderful person. And you'll hear them say that. And you're like, I didn't even say anything. All I did was ask them questions. When you master that skill, especially for engineers and nerds like me, That's a game changer for life because now the awkward Christmas parties and the networking events are no longer terrifying. All I have to do is show up with just honest and authentic curiosity about other people, ask them about their lives, their kids, their hobbies, their sweater, and and they'll walk away thinking I'm the coolest guy in the room. If ever there was a life hack, like to me, that's a life hack right there. That was my favorite lesson to this day. Just like, thank you, Dale. That was huge. (laughs) That's so awesome. I love it because curiosity is a core value for me. So I love the idea of just Mm -hmm. going into conversations and being curious. And to build on that, one thing that I would add on top of that or to the side of it is the sweetest sound in the English language is the sound of anyone's name. It's great to say people's name. I toy with the idea of introducing you as the plus one to Johanna, then say, this is Zach White. Everyone meet Zach just to see, I really want to try to throw off people that I know are like versed, rehearsed, like public speakers that I could probably take anything and just keep rolling. So I wanted to test that. So Zach, thank you. Thank you for sharing everything today. Well, it's a testimony to the truth of your your point, because as you say it, it grinds against my ears. It doesn't sound good at all. It's like such a weird thing. Subconscious, like that's not how you say my name. Who's everyone in the history yeah, of the that's name. tricky. Inaccurate. I'm with you on the name stuff. Well, Zach, next question then. Let's talk about music. Is there Please. a certain music or genre or an artist, song, just any type of what comes up for you when I ask you about music that moves you? My relationship with music is that I, I've seen and experienced great music in almost every genre, and I don't have a favorite. So music to me is, it's like, there's something in our DNA that dance and music uniquely tap into. It moves you emotionally without your permission. It's just like the music, if you go into that environment, it moves you. And so I think of music as a tool to help me experience and create the environment and the condition I want to be in. If I'm working out, I have a special playlist of my like pump it up tunes that puts me into the mode where I can work out hard. If I'm studying, I have a set of tunes that I will listen to that helps me get into a a really focused state. When I'm coaching, if I need to get prepped for a session, I have a list of songs that I only use before coaching sessions that I've kind of conditioned myself to, this is the kind of energy I wanna bring 
as a coach. I love country music with Johanna. If we're going out to the barn to ride our horse, I love to turn on some Dirks Bentley or some country music or stuff because it just gets you in the mood to go to the barn and ride the horse. I love all kinds of music. I love jazz. I love classical. There's really not anything I won't listen to. But I also think there is bad music in every genre too. Some (laughs) artists are just not good. So for me, if it's really world-class in any given category, I I enjoy it. If it's matched to the right experience. So like the wrong music at the wrong time, it doesn't matter if it's world-class. I don't want to hear that. It's that's kind of my relationship to it. And there's a lot of artists I do like, but I rarely go pick because of the artist. I pick because of what I need to hear if that makes sense. What a great answer. Every question I ask, you have amazing answers. I just love listening to you. Appreciate that. So I am really thrilled to ask you this last question. I ask everyone to hear your genuine response. Eternal Optimist, that's the name of our show. When I say Eternal Optimist, what might that mean to you, Zach? I'll link it back to your book question. And in the Bible, in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a verse that says, God placed eternity into the heart of man. I believe with all my being, by design, a part of me that is eternal. You could call it your spirit. You could call it your soul. I'm not going to get caught up in semantics, but there's a part of me that is eternal. It will last beyond this physical existence. I'm not a physical being having a spiritual experience. I'm a spiritual being having a physical experience. And so when I see the eternal optimist, what that means to me is the part of me that will live beyond this life is meant for something better. It is optimistic. I think it's the truth in two words, like the eternal optimist, that's actually the true part of me. If I'm experiencing pessimism, it's because I'm out of congruence or alignment with the part of me that is eternal. That side is inherently optimistic because it knows what's really possible. It knows what infinite potential I really have. It knows the power that's not yet tapped into that I could tap into if I would just go through the transformation journey we talked about earlier. And so I love the name because I think Eternal Optimist is the truth about everyone. And the question is, will you allow yourself to believe it, to discover it, to accept it, and then boldly, courageously step into it? So yeah, I I think it's a brilliant name and I want to be an Eternal Optimist every day, every moment.